Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beneath Vancouver Radio, episode number 50. We've made it uh, to the halfway of 100. Uh, it's been a very crazy ride, starting from the very first episode that was released uh, back all the way in July of, I think, was 2018. So we've definitely come a very long way in terms of these episodes, a lot of ups and downs, but a huge, huge shout out to all of our listeners, um, the guests as well that have been coming on the show you all have been amazing. Thank you so much for making the show a possibility and for honestly making my life uh, a lot easier, right? When I have amazing guests, uh, it's a lot easier to have a conversation, to to engage with them and, and have these amazing episodes come out. So thank you again for, for episode 50. And um, here we go for another another 50 by the hopefully, you know, near the end of this year, we'll be nearing that 100 episode mark. So thank you again for tuning in. But that all aside, for episode number 50, I have special guest uh, Aaron here today. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you okay. so much for, for taking the time on being on the show. And amazing name, by the way. I very I like it as well. So we share, <laughs> we share similarities when it comes to that. Um, I don't know how many times you maybe get the name like, oh, how do you spell it? Like E-R-I-N. I sometimes get the other way all around as well. So. <laughs> I'm sure you and I can relate, but Erin uh, is actually a, a digital marketer. She's working right now uh, doing digital marketing for a company, and as well, she is a content creator. So I'm going to let her kind of explain a little bit more about what she does and kind of her backstory and how we all started in terms of uh, digital marketing and your career. So Erin, why don't you let the audience know who are you today? Yeah, thanks, Erin. I appreciate you having me. Mm -hmm. Who am I today? That's a really good question. Um, I am a Vancouver-based person. Um, I... <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to, I always try to um, not associate with myself with my work because I feel like that's, that's always the thing. But mm -hmm. um, I am a digital marketer and content creator from Vancouver, and I am very passionate about living a healthy and active and sustainable lifestyle. And I find that I really integrate my values into my work, both my full-time work, my content creation, and my freelance work. Right. No, I think that's super important. And, and I like how you mentioned how sometimes you don't want to necessarily always identify or kind of stray away from the work, because I know for a lot of people, like, especially now, like, it's mm -hmm. all about work because yeah. you know either people are working remote and they're surrounded by work and you know even when you go potentially into an office space and that you know pre-covid so to speak it's always been kind of like if you're involved in certain kind of work especially for i think when it comes to marketing related stuff it's mm -hmm. it's very easy to you know take your work home and and just be thinking about things of like oh maybe i should be doing this differently so I'm totally. happy to hear that you you can separate that. I think that's important. <laughs> Except my answer was like, I am a person. So, you know. <laughs> no, that's good. I think hopefully everyone at the at the base level is a person. So exactly. we're, we're doing well so far on that part. Um, I guess I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, mm -hmm. we've had a couple of uh, individuals who are, you know, content creators, digital marketers and stuff like that. But one of the main reasons why I enjoy this podcast is the ability to hear the essentially different perspectives, but everyone's going down, you know, similar paths, right, in terms of career mm -hmm. or stuff that they do. So would you be able to share a little bit in terms of how you got involved in like the marketing space, digital marketing space, and how you started, you know, creating your own your own content as well? Yeah, so it all definitely happened very organically. I got to, um, I was admitted into UBC and I was in the Bachelor's of Arts and I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life mm -hmm. um, until I joined quite a large organization. And from there, 
um, that was kind of when social media kind of picked up as a as a very prominent thing in every in everyday life. So mm-hmm. I ended up doing the social media, the photography, the website for this organization. And that was kind of the pivotal point that I was like, this is so fun. I love it. This is something that I can see myself um, doing for the long term. And I can see that I could make career out of this. So after mm-hmm. I graduated from UBC, I took a three-month program at Red Academy where um, I really learned all the, the foundations of digital marketing. Um, after I graduated from there, I kind of dipped my toes into different roles. And organically, that kind of led me to where I am today, working at quite a large company and also doing content creation and freelance work on the side, I think kind of when I was carving that path for myself, I never really thought that I would eventually be doing content creation as taking up X amount of hours per week and having that as like a, another stream of income for myself. But I think it all kind of organically happened. And I kind of saw that influencer marketing was on the rise. Um, People were kind of turning away from traditional methods of marketing and kind of turning towards people that really create a connection with their with their audience. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of my story and where where I where I am today. No, I'm 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 happy to hear that as well. And I think the importance that you mentioned was you you were able to see some trends, right? And see how mm-hmm. like the industry was changing. And I think that's important for not just social media, but obviously different things that, that comes to to the world being able to be not necessarily the first pioneer to it, but at least be one of the early kind of adopters, right? So, you know, when TikTok was starting to blow up, a lot of people that are, you know, very famous today are the ones Mm -hmm. who started using the app, like, you know, when it first started coming out and started kind of building its momentum. So being the the early adopters to certain applications or certain kind of areas can definitely be be a very good positive. So that's important that you kind of took that initiative and, you know, even went one step further and, and took like a like a certificate or kind of like a program through Red Academy. And obviously, unfortunately for those, or I'll kind of backtrack a little bit for those who are unaware with Red Academy, it was essentially a, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is from my perspective. I've never Mm -hmm. taken a course, but I've heard of it. And I know some people from, from who used to work there, but it's essentially like a, I guess it's a school. Well, it's essentially what it is. It's really a school or an institution, however you want to call it, that would teach certain different kind of uh, skill sets in a, in a shorter kind of time frame, but also allow the students to use their applications in like an actual client-based project. So, um, mm-hmm. in the digital marketing space, um, maybe you can share. I'll let you share a little bit more about like how that course was and how that kind of helped you prepare to where you are today as like a digital marketer. Yeah, so I took the part-time program. So at Red Academy, there are two programs, the part-time and the Mm -hmm. full-time. I didn't know if I would love it. So which is why I wanted to take the part-time to see if I could actually make this a career. But essentially, um, you would go to class twice a week and everything that you would learn, you would apply to your client, which is basically um, you would get grouped up into groups and everything that you would learn, you would apply that to your client. And then at the end of the term, you would pitch um, like a proposal from basically taking everything that you learned in the course and applying that to that specific company. Um, And that was, that was actually really fun because I think even before that, that was right after I left university, I never really had experience 
working in that type of environment, a lot of the people that were in my class are already working professionals just trying to like amp their skills. And I think I was one of two people that was straight out of university. So it was kind of intimidating and um, working with people that definitely like knew what they were talking about. And then also Mm -hmm. working along with the clients, understanding what their goals are and trying to apply what we learn to them directly and then pitch that. Um, But yeah, I think it was definitely a good experience because it really allowed that um, real life element. And that's something that I think I always missed in university that Red Academy was, um, Red Academy allowed us to get that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being able to apply, obviously, right. Your skills that you're learning, um, in -hmm. the classroom and doing it in in an environment that would more or less mimic real life situation, right. Your client that, you know, down the road, if you ever do like your own kind of consulting and stuff like that, it's something that you're accustomed to and used to and just overall communication there's so many different skills outside of like just the digital marketing stuff that's or, that are super yeah. important working as a team you know talking to clients etc 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 so um those kind of courses are obviously very at least in my eyes are very beneficial and and you know from what i can hear as well probably was very beneficial mm-hmm. for you as well in terms of building your career and um what I wanted to say earlier was unfortunately Red Academy is not no longer <laughs> operating in Vancouver. I, I believe their Toronto office is still open. I could be wrong. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very, very unfortunate to see them close down. Obviously, this was at the beginning of COVID last year. So um, mm-hmm. there are obviously other opportunities as well in other schools out there. You know, Brain Station is one of them. Um, there might be some other ones. I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but other online modules and courses so there's definitely opportunities for you to learn and advance your skill sets uh, not just in digital marketing but in design and ui ux etc 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 so um okay we're gonna stray away from or we're gonna take a not stray away but take a little bit of a quick detour here uh, and you mentioned obviously at the beginning um in your in your kind of bio so to speak you're obviously mm-hmm. content creator and you never really imagined that would be kind of taking a big portion of your day or not a big portion, but a portion of your day mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, how how did you kind of get involved with actually creating the content? Like I, I know, and for the viewers as well, like uh, you do YouTube. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like a portion of, of your content creation um, avenue. But how did you kind of actually get involved in creating the content? Like, were you always, you know, into, you know, speaking to a camera or kind <laughs> of like, you know, how, how does one get started with that kind of stuff? Yeah, so... I would say my primary platform is Instagram, um, followed by YouTube, and then I'm trying to get into TikTok. Mm-hmm. And the way that I kind of started this, and I actually don't share this quite a lot, but when I originally started my Instagram page, um, I was following a paleo-based diet. And mm-hmm. whenever I would tell people that I was paleo-based, people would always think that was so weird. And they would mm-hmm. be like, you are a caveman. And I really wanted to just break that stigmatization associated with paleo-based eating and fashion and kind of merging those two things together. So, pardon my, sorry to interrupt, pardon my ignorance, yeah. but what is a paleo-based diet? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too familiar with that. Oh, it's okay. That's why you probably have seen that. I was like, hey, man, um, paleo-based eating is essentially just eating like all natural um like all natural foods. So like Mm. vegetables, fruits, meats, Gotcha, gotcha. um, nothing that is like processed and everything that is like kind of in its purest form. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, before that, I was only pescatarian. So I was paleo pescatarian, but I found that only eating really great, nutritious foods really did wonders for my body. It increased my energy. I felt mm -hmm. better. Um, so I just wanted to like share that with the world, but also combine that with fashion as combining my two passions together. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to just say like, you know what, I follow this type of way of eating, but I'm not weird. And like, <laughs> I can, I'm not this caveman that lives under a rock. Right. So basically, I wanted to start that and kind of push that out. And I didn't even really think of this as a few years down the road, I would continue kind of carving this path for myself. But mm -hmm. that was kind of the starting point. And the content that I produced on my page was combining like recipes and food photography, but also a lot of like fashion and just like outfits of the day and all that good stuff. And, um, and then it kind of pivoted a little bit after like six months, I was no longer paleo based, I was plant based. And then I realized that the content that my audience really enjoyed was more so the fashion aspect. So I was more so producing more fashion. And that's kind of where I am today. However, mm -hmm. I've come and pivoted again, where um, a lot of the content that I produce on my page is more about like sustainability and fashion and inter um, integrating like plant based eating into my stories and just sharing different aspects of my life. So I would say that it's more about like fashion and lifestyle now more so a sustainable lifestyle. Um, but it's just kind of crazy to think back that like I started this a few years ago thinking that hey, I'm just going to do this for fun and like <laughs> I just want to share my story um, and then it's kind of gotten to me where I am today where I feel like I've gotten a lot of the jobs that I have gotten because they know that I understand the space I do it kind of for a living where I built my own brand and I can apply it to the company that I'm working at. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And I really like how you are able to pivot and adapt as well, depending on kind of where your audience is and what they're mm -hmm. interested in. And at the end of the day, still being core to who you are and, you know, who Aaron is as a, as a yeah. person, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> and, and the values that you provide and that you stand for. So being able to adapt, I think is super important and, and really powerful tool because some people can definitely just get kind of stuck in their, you know, quote unquote, their own way, and then just not be able to really realize exactly what the audience wants. And then people just kind of, you know, fade away and, you know, for lack of a better word, become irrelevant, right? So yeah, uh, definitely has happened in the social media space and is definitely a common occurrence, especially now with, you know, you're trying to get the attention of, of people who, who have so many different opportunities to get, you know, entertained or get their content from or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's important to to stay on top of, you know, who you are. And but at the end of the day, making sure that um, the values stay the same, and just maybe the content is a little bit different. So yeah. how would you how would you um, like if, if someone were to come up to you and ask you like, hey, Aaron, I want to start my own little brand or start my you know, similar to where you were a couple of years ago? Uh, what, what would you kind of tell them or or yeah, I'm curious, would you say don't do it? <laughs> what, what would be kind of like your piece of advice, you know, someone who's potentially just about to graduate university or, or, um, yeah, has graduated university, or it doesn't even matter where they are in their life, but wants to start kind of like uh, their own brand on on social? Yeah, I think when it comes to social, a lot of people think that, oh, my gosh, it's so saturated, I'm not going to start. But mm -hmm. I think that one piece of advice is always just do it. Um, and 
But when you do it, always try to remember like why you're doing it, find your why and kind of identify that audience Mm -hmm. and kind of going off of what you were saying earlier, where you kind of need to pivot and adapt your content depending on your audience. Like, yes, but also a thing to remember is if you already identify your niche, then your audience will naturally come. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of like more so staying true to yourself and the content that you like to produce and I think brands will really find that valuable when they want to work with you because they know that you are a plant-based athlete and for an example, right? And if you kind of like stay true to that, then the people in the plant-based community or people who like working out or in fitness will be attracted to you to follow your journey and then brands will find that. So I think my advice when people are saying like, I want to start a brand or I want to start a channel, like, of course, do it. But I think it's also important to remember to find kind of that point of differentiation if you kind of want to stand out and be kind of an expert or find that niche of your audience um, because that is going to be kind of that differentiating factor that kind of sets you apart from someone else. Mm -hmm. Would you say... Um, just to kind of quickly add on top of that, would mm-hmm. you say from your experience or from your knowledge, um, Instagram is still the best platform to start? Or like, let's say, for example, if someone is yeah wanting to do mm-hmm. like a plant based diet or something like that, similar to what, what you're doing? Um, mm-hmm. Would you still recommend like Instagram? Or would you even say like, maybe put a little bit more time into TikTok where now from what I've seen and correct again, if I'm wrong, uh, the discoverability seems to be a little bit better on that than like a platform like Instagram. Totally. I think that it's a little bit of both. I think you kind of just have to hone in into seeing what you're comfortable with. Obviously, mm-hmm. like I started with Instagram because that was familiar to me. I like taking photos, but it took me a quite a long time <laughs> um, to navigate to TikTok because I was like, oh my gosh, when TikTok um, when TikTok started, everyone was just doing dancing videos. That's not yeah. me. I don't think I can do dancing videos. <laughs> so like, I was like, I don't think this platform is for me, but realizing that you can kind of find your point of differentiation, you don't need to do like dancing videos. I don't think I'm super funny. So I also don't think I can do <laughs> funny videos in there. But I think once you're familiar with one platform, whether that is TikTok, short form videos, YouTube, which is more of like informative, educational, long-term videos, um, just find a platform that works for you. And then realize that a lot of your content that you're producing can be repurposed for other platforms. So Mm -hmm. this is especially like important if you have a blog, if you have your own website and you have a blog post, you can repurpose that blog post by saying, you have a blog post, you want to record a video for YouTube, you can cut that YouTube video down into a reel, into a TikTok, into an IGTV. And just by repurposing all that different content, you're just basically piecing, creating one piece of content and spreading that across different platforms to try to reach different audiences because different audiences are on different platforms. So by kind of diversifying your platforms, you're also reaching different people. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I agree on um, the repurposing. Um, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Gary Vee guy. And uh, he always <laughs> talks about that the content pyramid. And you know, you have your long form or your the big piece of content, and you yeah. can restructure it into whatever different areas of, of social media that you want to go into, obviously, depending on what that big piece of content is. But 
Um, I've definitely actually personally started to do that a lot more as well, even with the podcast, right? So we're mm-hmm. doing, you're doing audio. If you're listening on audio or you're watching on YouTube, we have video. I put both of those on either so on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok as well. So, um, you know, obviously not the full 40 minute episode, but <laughs> you know, like a, a good little promo clip, a little bite um, to to kind of garner the attention of someone. And then obviously the CTA to the full episode and whether that's YouTube mm-hmm. or or streaming platforms. So, yeah, if you're if you'd be really surprised the if you're a content creator, or if you're interested in creating content, the big pieces of content that you might think like this is taking so long or this is uh, such a such a what's the word I'm looking for? Such a commitment to to yeah. create can definitely be repurposed into your promo clips. Again, depending on what the content piece is, so really take the time to to edit and, and be able to learn exactly how you can maximize the time that you're spending because um, you know you you can just be able to repurpose that and save yourself some time in the long in the long run. So. Um, yeah, if you want to search up and if you want to learn more about that, if you just search up Gary mm-hmm. V content pyramid, um, it's probably one of the first things to pop up. And there's a bunch, not, it's not just Gary V that talks about it. There's a bunch <laughs> of other content creators and entrepreneurs and et cetera, people in the space that chat about repurposing your content. But that's just how I've heard it from, which is funny enough, I actually heard it from a, a Red Academy, um, like little workshop that I went to <laughs> a couple years back. So, you know, it all goes back full circle, right? You, That's you'd, so funny. You'd mm-hmm. be surprised. So um, let's chat right now then. And we talked a little bit about this off off the record or, you know, off, off, off the mic, um, off air, I guess I should say, not off the record, off air. But uh, we talked a little bit about how, you know, you've done a couple of, um, I guess you could say chats or talks or presentations at like schools and different kind of uh, mm-hmm. universities and colleges and stuff like that. What's been that experience like just talking about like digital marketing and sharing your, your knowledge to, to, to other students and other individuals? It's been very rewarding. Um, that was back in 2019 pre COVID mm-hmm. when you can actually meet people in real <laughs> life. And I remember Tell me more about was... that. I don't even know what meeting people is like. <laughs> Seriously. It's crazy. Um, and that was back in, I remember like January 1st, I was like, I'm going to do my new year's resolutions. And one thing that I really want to do is really do something out of my comfort zone. I don't know Mm -hmm. what that is, but that's kind of what my goal was just to really push myself. Um, and a week later, the agency owner that I was working for, he approached me. He was like, hey, I have this really good opportunity. Would you like to speak at UBC to high school students that are interested in going into Sauter, mm-hmm. the School of Business, um, and talking about marketing? You can kind of craft your presentation and talk whatever you want to talk about. But basically, UBC approached the agency that I was working at, and I was like, perfect one <laughs> week into the month, and I'm crossing off that. Right. Yeah. Right. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. And that was so fun. Like, I think what's really interesting is that that talk was purely to high school students where they were like, not sure what I want to go into. I'm interested Mm -hmm. in solder. Let me just hear this person talk. And then throughout the year, I attended about like five other university events. Um, And they were all kind of different, but those are all for university students. So the first one, I was super nervous. They were very quiet because they're all like (laughs) high school students. Um, Yeah. But that was really, that was a, that was a great experience where that was pretty much like they were sitting and I was just standing and talking, but the other ones were more interactive. I spoke on a panel um, and that was really nice because speaking on the panel with like different um, 
digital marketers at like Daily Hive, Arteryx, SAP, like all of these kind of like bigger brands. And then there was me, but I was kind of the person representing agencies and how it's like working in agencies. So that was for BCIT. And then another one that I did was, um, it was more of like a classroom setting. So mm-hmm. sitting in a classroom and basically like all the students would rotate from table to table. And like, we would just, they would just ask me a bunch of questions about what it's like working at agency advice, et cetera. But I think the overarching theme of all these talks to university students are like sharing my story, sharing kind of my perspective of where I am working before at an agency and then kind of my advice to navigating that path after graduation and like getting your first job because I feel like that's something that a lot of people wonder and there's so many paths after university of like what area of marketing you want to work at what type of company do you want to work at a startup a big company in-house agency Mm -hmm. like there's so many questions and I think that is something that like universities and I guess like formal education systems, they can't really teach. So they bring in speakers. So Mm -hmm. all of that experience has been super rewarding. And um, people like add me on LinkedIn and then we chat, (laughs) like literally like a girl yesterday messaged me on LinkedIn was like, Hey, like, I don't know if you remember, we like had a coffee chat, but like, I would love to talk again. And it's like, okay, like two years later, you're still messaging me. Like, that's great. Like good for her for like following up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's been a really good experience being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine how rewarding that is, right? Just being able to, and I don't know about you, but personally, I learn a lot more from hearing someone speak about a certain experience mm-hmm. or, uh, or, or something that happens in their life than, you know, potentially reading it off like a textbook or a presentation or not a presentation, totally. but like, you know, more in a traditional, as you mentioned, traditional kind of learning setting and mm-hmm. uh, being able to chat with, you know, said individual and just be able to pick their brain. I think, you know, myself as well. And, and for the listeners, all, all the longtime listeners know this by now, but I'll repeat it if there's anyone uh, who's new to the show right now for for who are tuning in. But I don't come from like a traditional like marketing or business background. So a lot of the things that I had to learn about like marketing and business, etc, was just from p- picking people's brain and chatting with mm-hmm. them and having coffee chats. And um, I really miss those days <laughs> being able to just like go up <laughs> to someone after and being like, Hey, my name's Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. I love to hear more about what you do. Can we set up a coffee chat? So I'm really looking forward to those days once that happens again, because uh, zoom is not the same. It's definitely not no. the same. And, um, I like, uh, I like waiting in the coffee and the coffee house or wherever we are and just being able to, you know, just chat with, with them mm-hmm. and being able to have that, that good conversation. And, as you mentioned as well, like being able to follow up is a big initiative and just opening that uh, line of communication because you never know when um, it might be, you know, of importance or when having something that you learn from them will be beneficial to you. But um, I guess a follow up question to that, and uh, I'm curious to, uh, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. And I apologize for not asking this earlier. You mentioned obviously, like at that time, you were kind of representing agency work. And that was the company that you were kind of working for. But what mm-hmm. are you doing now? Actually, I never we never really got into that. And, and what's kind of <laughs> like your, what's your what's your full time job right now, like your day job? Yeah, so I am a senior marketing associate at Poshmark. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with Poshmark, it is a social commerce app that allows people to buy and sell products online mm-hmm. and it is I think it was it's been around in this state for nine or ten years and then they recently launched in Canada back in 2019 and right. 
I love this company so much because it really ties my two passions of fashion and sustainability <laughs> together because it's basically an app that allows people to kind of give a piece of clothing or a house good item a second mm-hmm. life. Um, and kind of a funny story is that when Poshmark originally launched in Canada back in 2019, they had a launch party. They invited me to the party as like an influencer to attend, mm-hmm. to learn more about the app. And I remember leaving that party being like, this is such a cool company. Like I'm going <laughs> to go on their website to see if they have any career opportunities. And obviously at that time I was working at the agency. I was really not looking for a new job, but this position or this company really like struck me. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is a dope company. I would love to work for them. Um, and obviously they didn't have any openings, but like literally like a year and a half later, this kind of popped up and I was like, this is for me. This is awesome. And would you thing... actively check the the career page? Oh yeah, I was literally on the side <laughs> train home, being like, oh, Poshmark.ca, anything? And I was like, no, nothing, <laughs> because they just launched in Canada. But yeah, um, I think this just kind of shows that like literally everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and um, even though, and like my friends say this all the time, but I'm very selective when it comes to what companies I work for. And that's because if I'm going to dedicate 40, 45 hours of my life every week to a company, I really want to make sure that it really aligns with my values I'm passionate about and I can really positively contribute to the company. So of I course, think yeah. that's why like, I was working at the agency for about two and a half years before. And I really didn't want to make the switch until I found a company that I'm absolutely head over heels in love with and (laughs) that's kind of where I am today um Mm. so I do a lot of um my position is more so like acquiring new users so through social and influencer marketing um influencer marketing was not really something that they wanted actually they wanted to test it out last year but it wasn't super successful just because of COVID and they really had to Mm -hmm. pivot their efforts so I'm kind of leading the influencer marketing and the social as well as like ongoing campaigns that are going on for the company. Um, And it's been really fun. No, um, that's good. And I'm really happy that you're able to, as you mentioned, connect uh, with the company or be able to work in a company and be a part of a company that aligns with your values. I think that's super important. And Mm -hmm. I like how you summarized it. You're spending, you know, 40 hours a week, 40 plus sometimes as well to be able to connect with that company and be able to, really resonate with with what they stand for as well, I think is important. And, and being able to do that is is honestly a, a blessing, right? Because obviously, yeah. not everyone has that opportunity, right? So um, I'm happy to hear that. And hopefully everything works out. And um, it's, I'm assuming it's remote right now, right? It is. Yeah. Do they have an office here in Vancouver? Or yes. what? okay, yep, they have an office, um, but obviously have not visited yet. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, once this all settles down, you'll be able to 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 enjoy that office space and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and be able to to continue to grow within that company. Um, I guess one of the final questions before we kind of end the episode here, uh, and this was again something that we chatted about um, off air, uh, but I, I, most of my demographic, I would say, is like early early adults, um, young young adults, however you want to frame it really I don't even know exactly what like am I a young adult are we young like what does that even mean I right feel, but, I still feel like I'm 18 so yeah right okay. I don't feel any different than I did like two years ago so mm. besides being now just stuck at home but I mean yeah. I still feel the same anywho this is not a uh 
identity crisis podcast. <laughs> um, what I was going for was um, what piece of advice would you give? Or, you know, I'm sure, as you mentioned, there's students who connect with you on LinkedIn and other mm-hmm. platforms and stuff like that and ask more about what you're doing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what would be kind of like a, if, if people who are tuning into who, who want to learn more, who yeah. can take this opportunity to do so in, in a podcast format, what piece of advice or what kind of would you tell them to someone who would ask that question? Like, Aaron, how do I get involved in this industry? Or, or I'm, I'm a marketing student from Sauter or whatever school. How do I get involved in working with agencies, et cetera? So how, what, it's a bit of a loaded question. And yeah. I feel like there's obviously a lot to kind of digest and compress. But um, if you could potentially summarize that in a, in a couple of sentences, mm-hmm. um, that would be great. Yeah. So my piece of advice would be something that worked really, really well for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is kind of taking your situation in your own hands and making the best out of it and kind of pitching yourself forward. So Mm -hmm. kind of giving you a little bit of a backstory. After I left the program, after I got the certificate, after I was supposedly learning the foundations of digital marketing, I still felt like I didn't really know as much as I probably should, and as much right. as I would feel comfortable applying for a job, whether it's like a very low starting job in marketing, I don't know if I would still be able to be as successful as I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. I kind of gave myself like six to eight months to just find companies in Vancouver that aligned with my values. So this kind of goes back to me always wanting to find companies or working for some type of brand that I'm passionate about. So that, so back five, six years ago, that was health. That was like health, fitness, um, veganism, and like fashion. That was like kind of my four buckets that it was like, okay, if I can find a small company that shares the same values and I'm going to pitch myself to work for them for free. And this is kind of that pivotal thing where a lot of people after they u- they leave university, they're like, I just want to start making money. I mm-hmm. just want to start growing. But I think when you are at that age, I mean, I was very fortunate to still be living at home. My parents still cooked all my meals for me. So <laughs> like, it was really easy where I was like, I'm just going to give myself six to eight months to just kind of try to get my feet in the door and just get real life experience. Because right. yes, it's great to have all your degrees and certificates on your resume. But at the end of the day, what companies are looking for and what I was looking for as someone who was hiring people is experience. So Mm -hmm. essentially what I did was that I looked for small, small, small companies in Vancouver. And I was like, I love what you do. Um, I would love to work for you for free to do your social media or to do your ads or to do anything anything that I felt like I was an expert in, or I just wanted to dive in a little bit deeper. And from that experience, it led me to another, to another, and just getting that real life experience of working with a team member, or whether it is a month or three months or six months, I think is what it's really important is not being like, not being afraid to offer your services. Because once a company knows that you love what they do, you show your value. And that's the most important thing Then Mm -hmm. they'll hire you on full time. And that's kind of something that I did for myself in two different situations where now, like six years later, this company that I turned kind of guarded that relationship is now like a paying 
freelance client that has been for like six years now. So I think my advice is always to just kind of find what you're interested in. And I think it's super easy now in like the restaurant industry, especially like now with COVID, like just reaching out to like the small mom and pops. Like I'm not talking about like a cactus club, like just go (laughs) to like your local bakery or go to your local like favorite sushi restaurant and just be like, I'm I'm a customer here. Like I can do photography on my phone or just like just say that like you're going to school for xyz you want to help them xyz for a month if they don't like it that's fine you know like Mm -hmm. if they don't like what you do that's fine you can leave and do something else but at least you can talk to that experience you can add that to your resume and you can kind of call yourself like a freelancer or consultant or something to those smaller businesses and the more and more you get under your belt the more that you can apply in real life situations and i think that's kind of the ultimate thing that really worked for me because I knew that I didn't feel comfortable just applying for a job and then working in a big company or a small company or whatever. Yeah. No, I, th- I think those are a lot. Again, for those who are listening, I would rewind that a little bit and go back because there's definitely <laughs> a lot of great pieces of knowledge there that that um, are big takeaways. And I think and, and uh, one of the things I'll just regurgitate some of the key takeaways, at least that I think was the importance mm-hmm. of pitching yourself and who you are and providing value to whoever you're working for. And uh, that's, I think that's true, really, in whatever situation you're in, whether you're even going for like a coffee chat or something like that, you want to be able to provide value, because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of take, take, take in this world. But it's, I think, yeah. also important to obviously give back and be able to kind of create that two way street and that connection with with people, with mentors, with potential customers, um, clients, you name it. So uh, that's obviously of importance. And then just experimenting as well and not being afraid to actually apply those skill sets in a real world environment, right? And mm-hmm. I think as you you said earlier, it's it's nice to have all like the degrees, the papers, the certificates. But, you know, I, I like to think as well that like one of the reasons that I'm able to, to be involved in like um, in the marketing industry right now, and especially with the job that I'm working with currently, is the opportunities that I got through the trial and error that I did through like personal projects and, and freelance and just a regular experience that was not quote unquote traditional experience, right? Yeah. Like you're from a, from a working environment or something like that. Right. So um, yeah, I would highly recommend is again to um, listen to, to this episode, but I think as well, there's a couple of episodes I'll put in the description. I can't think of the top of my head where we chatted about again, kind of like starting in the marketing world and, and everything. So um, I'll make sure to put those as well to to kind of reflect back and just maybe even I'll maybe even create a blog around it. Who knows, right? But <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's obviously some key takeaways there. And, and thank you, Aaron, for for sharing mm-hmm. that. I, I appreciate that. And um, I guess to wrap up the episode because we are nearing the end here. Um, not just a piece of advice to to other people, but I guess now, what piece of advice would you give to like your younger self? Um, and you know. I guess we've, we've done a lot of like advice related questions, so there might be a little mm-hmm. bit of an overlap, but yeah. Like what piece of advice would you give to like Aaron like five years ago? Yeah. So that's a good question. I think two things initially just pop into my head. One mm-hmm. is a little bit more professional. One is kind of more fun. Professional would be um, like fun. <laughs> <laughs> one would be definitely don't be afraid to network. I think 
looking mm-hmm. back at the jobs that I've had since graduating, I got that all through networking experiences. And I wouldn't say that, like, it sounds like you, Aaron, that you go on a lot of coffee chats. I would say that I yeah, went on like I two them. or three. <laughs> and like, that is so bad that I've been on so little. But I think that the ones that I did go on, it has led me to new opportunities. Yeah, the heavy so, hitters. <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't just go on coffee chats to like, because you want something out of them, just like mm-hmm. genuinely want to get to know someone. And then yeah, don't be afraid to follow up. I think that is something that is super important and I wish I did better and I am still wanting to improve to grow my network. But something on a more fun note would be to tell my university self is that honestly, grades don't really matter. <laughs> and and I say that dun, because... Dun, dun. <laughs> and like, I honestly say that because looking back at my four years, it's like, What stands out when I think about university? I think about the fun times with my friends, those like spontaneous moments. I Mm -hmm. do not think about the time that I sat in the library for eight (laughs) hours at a at time and just study. You know, I definitely don't miss that. (laughs) And and looking at like how you apply for jobs, like honestly, no one has looked at my resume and was like, "Oh, great! Like you're on the dean's list. That's great for you." Like <laughs> no one even looks at your grades. And obviously, this is this might be different if you're in like science or engineering, mm-hmm. but um, especially for something like arts or business or something a little bit more not so like GPA heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, just have fun and like your grades don't really matter. Like, obviously you don't want to fail everything because university is like very expensive, but just make sure that you're there to grow and to build connections and to have fun and to just like live in the moment. And I really wish that I did that more. And yeah, that's, that would be my advice (laughs) to myself. (laughs) No, I I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing. And Mm -hmm. I definitely will, will echo that sentiment Um, for me, you know, graduating in kin and not necessarily even working in that field. Um, grades definitely were, as you said, obviously, I don't want to make sure I don't mm-hmm. fail because you classes yeah. are kind of are expensive. But yeah. it's definitely not like a do or die, you know, if I'm not getting the, the straight A's or and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I've definitely grown a lot. I think uh, my first two years was not so much growth. But I think the last three years of my university experience, definitely a completely different Aaron. And um, again, I think I wouldn't be here today if I didn't go through certain experiences through university so enjoy it it definitely goes a lot quicker than you think totally um yeah obviously right now it's it's kind of unfortunate that everything is online (laughs) yeah so i i feel bad for because you definitely don't get the full experience so hopefully by next year um you get to to go back in person but um yeah just enjoy it grow connections meet people join clubs get out of your comfort zones do so many different things because you blink and then, oh, I'm graduating. So that was, that felt like kind of me, to be honest, I blinked and mm-hmm. I was already on the, near the end of my, of my degree. But Aaron, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And um, I guess as well, one final note that uh, you had mentioned mm-hmm. as well was uh, the, like, don't go on coffee chats just for the sake of going on, but also don't be afraid to say no, right? If like a certain coffee chat doesn't yeah. fit into your schedule or you're you're already kind of like focused on different things and not even just for coffee chats but uh, that the importance of saying no I think is a skill that I'm still developing to be honest as well I always like to (laughs) to grab and take so many different things but I think it's important to make sure when it's an unhealthy yes so 
that can be a, a mm-hmm. topic for a different day. But Aaron, thank you for for tuning, uh, not for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of the show. And hopefully you tune in when this is published as well <laughs> into your own episode. I've actually, I don't know about you, but I personally don't like listening to my own voice. So I don't actually listen to many of my episodes, actually, um, unless I'm a guest. Uh, that's a kind of a disclaimer. You don't want to relive those experiences. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy watching videos of myself, but just pure voice. I don't know. It's, it's, mm, it's weird. It's sense. weird. I like making them, but. Um, maybe re-listening to that but you know that's I'm not the main audience member so that's totally okay we can live with that but where can they find you Um, where can people chat if they want to take this conversation further Um, where can they kind of uh, find you on on social or or, yeah to just have a conversation with you yeah on social my handle is life with Aaron um, l-i-f-e-w dot e-r-i-n um Mm -hmm. Aaron, I would love if you could link actually my YouTube video where I talk about university and kind of navigating the path sure. into a career. So Aaron will link that down below in the description box. Yeah. Um, and you can always add me on LinkedIn. My full name is Aaron J-A-Y. My last name is J. So you can find me there and hit me up. But yeah, it's been so fun. Um, really great talking to you, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for for taking the time. And, you know, easy conversation, very easy person to talk to. I can see why you like marketing and everything like that, (laughs) able to to do that. And I'm sure hopefully people learned a lot. Um, I know I did as well, definitely take some of those pieces of advice and and apply them into, you know, my day to day. And um, yeah, I'll definitely link the video that she mentioned in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description down below. If you're tuning in on uh, Spotify or any other kind of streaming platform. It'll also be available in the podcast uh, description in the in the episode description there. So um, I'll make sure to link that and watch that video as well. And you can find her again on her socials, which will be linked down below. But thank you again, everyone for for tuning in to episode 50. A huge shout out <laughs> once again, for for everyone to making for making this possible. Um, guests, listeners, friends, family, etc. You name it. Um, it's been a great journey so far. And in 2021, we've do, been doing a weekly episode. So being consistent on that. So hopefully by the end of I guess, by the time this is released, um, by the end of 2021, we'll be nearing yeah, the almost 100th mark. So thank you again. Uh, once again, episode 50 of Beneath Vancouver Radio. Thank you, Aaron. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys have a wonderful day. Take care, everyone. 